I was looking at some pictures recently, and um, I came across a, a picture that's very special to me. It was uh, the last Mother's Day here. We went to uh, Five Guys because it's not crowded, and that's where Paula likes to go, and Mom likes to go there, and then we would go somewhere nice later because we didn't have to wait real long. And it was the last Mother's Day that we that we had with my mom. And I think that picture's up there if you guys have that. And so uh, I treasure that picture. Mom died, I think, seven, about seven months after that unexpectedly. That's a really sweet picture. My daughter, Aubrey, went to college in the nursing program in Florida, and then she had a friend that was also in the nursing program that was an artist. And Aubrey came home from college. She came home about this time of year when they finished. And on my birthday, she said, I have something to give you. And I was sitting in a rocking chair. She gave it to me. And she had given her friend that picture, and she painted it for me. And so downstairs we have that picture of uh, the, the real photograph and that picture right beside that, that one of me and my mom on the last, the last Mother's Day. I want to do something that I, I hardly ever do here, and so I hope you'll be, bear with me. Um, I want to, uh, I, and it will help you, but I want to give the, the sermon that I gave the last Mother's Day that my mom was here. I had some other messages, but I just, I just want to do that. I just want to give the sermon that I preached the last Mother's Day my mom was here. So I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 20 this morning, and we'll look there in a moment. I want to talk to you about how to honor your mother, how to honor your mother. I had a friend that... Uh, oversaw one of the uh, parks, city parks. And because I coached almost a quarter of a century, it was the same park that my boys played baseball and soccer at. And so I got to know him really well. And he was quite a busy man. And especially during the, the busy seasons, he was there sometimes 20 and 30 hours a week. He had a full-time job. In fact, he worked with Steve Vermont in the military here. He was involved with the girls' softball program and made a huge difference in that park and in our city. Just a massive amount of time and leadership involved. And then he, um, he got sick just really fast and got an infection. They put him in the hospital, and he never came home. He stayed there for two months and progressively got worse. And then he passed away. That was during the summer. Well, when the fall season rolled around, they had a ceremony for him. And so they wanted to dedicate a ball field that he, the girls' softball field, uh, to his name. And so they sent out flyers and so forth and notified all the families that had been at that park. And so my wife and I and some of our kids went up there. And so the, the city officials, all the city councilmen, the mayor was there. It was a very big deal. And so they had a, uh, the sign was covered like they usually do things. And then um, his family was out there and all the friends, his friends and the people that had worked with him. And I was standing there kind of watching the proceedings, this really special honor being bestowed on my friend, and later they were going to take this, and it's there today. If you go there, you can see the uh, his name up on the backstop of there with the field named after my buddy. And I thought, you know, this is this is really a, a nice honor that they that they did for him. But I thought this is really sad because he never saw it, and it was too late. He had to die. 
And there's an old saying uh, that goes that dead noses smell no roses. And that's very true. Someone said that uh, we don't appreciate the water till the well runs dry. And then our gratitude increases, but it's too late to express appreciation to the person for whom that provided that water. And I'm going to say some things that are very obvious today that you already know. Brother Daniel asked about how many moms were here, people whose moms had passed on. You already know this is true, but some of you don't know this is true. Maybe this will help you. And by the way, if your mom has passed on, uh, you can share. You ought to share with your kids, your stories, and also pass on to other people. Tell them what, what God has done through your life, through your mom. It's a good testimony. But hands down, there is no more labor-intensive occupation in the world on the planet than being a mother. It's just a lot of labor, and it's often unappreciated. I wrote this down. Motherhood yields the greatest joys, but it's also prone to the greatest discouragement. And if there's a, a job, and it is a job, it's a labor of love, but one that we miss so much until it's not there. If there's a job that needs to be elevated, honored, and respected, it's motherhood. And there's a verse in the Bible that talks about what Mother's Day is about, and it's one of the Ten Commandments. You already know what it is. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. It's the fifth commandment. Notice there with me, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. And the Bible there says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 3, the Bible says to obey your parents. But listen carefully. You can obey your parents and not honor them. But you cannot honor your parents and not obey them. And that's why he uses the word honor here. Because inherent with the word honor is the idea of obedience. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the word honor there means to give weight to. To give a lot of weight to your parents' words, to give weight to their presence, to give weight to their advice, to pause, to listen. It's not equal to others. It means to boast in. These are all legitimate synonyms. It means to boast in. To boast in your parents. It means to glorify in. To glory in them. This is my mom. This is my dad. It means to promote them. To honor your father and your mother. And then it's the first commandment with promise. That your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. This is a promise that God has given Not just obedience. Are you getting it? Not just obedience, but honor. The task of every child, even as an adult, is to honor your parents. There is never a situation where you cannot honor your parents. Now, this is not a small thing to God. I want you to take your Bible, turn one page over, at least in my Bible, it's one page over. Look at Exodus 21. And in Exodus 21, he begins to list the civil laws, the applications for the nation of Israel. And notice in verse 15, Exodus 21 in verse 15. He that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. Now, this was the legal law of the land. If you hit your parents, it 
It's a capital offense. If you hit your father, if you hit your mother, not just you'll be put to death, you'll be surely put to death. You show me someone that doesn't respect law enforcement, they don't honor their parents. Notice in verse 17, And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely, these are the words of God, shall surely be put to death. Aren't you glad that that's not the law today? This room would be pretty empty, wouldn't it? This was the law of Israel. I don't know how often they practiced it. It was God's intent. Why was God so strong on it? He that curseth his father or his mother. The Hebrew was a very colorful language. And here's what I mean by that. The, the Greek language, which the New Testament was written in, was very technical. It was very precise. The Hebrew language was also technical. But it was very colorful. There, there were a lot of synonyms used. The word curseth there means to despise. You despise your parents, that means to curse them. It means to make them insignificant, to make them feel insignificant. To treat them with contempt or to dishonor. Here's, here's one. It's, it's the same. It means to make them feel small. You ever make your mom feel small? Talk back to her, roll your eyes at her. Just ignore what she says. Now, this matter of honoring your parents in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12 is not lifted after you leave home. I don't care if you're, let's fix say, 80 years old, but your mom's probably gone. I don't care if you're 60 years old, you still honor your parents, you honor your mama. You honor her. There's a scripture given to us about uh, the importance of, the, of respect and honor. We, we've lost this in our culture. And, we, and I don't mean just outside. I mean in the church. We don't understand respect and honor and deference. We have no clue about it anymore. Uh, you young people... I'm not picking on you. I'm trying to help you because I love you. And I mean that. Sometimes people say, I love you, and then they rip you up. But I really do love you. We have meals and people are getting in line. If there's somebody behind you that's older than you, you'll say, you go ahead. If you're seated and there's someone, hey, you take my seat. That's not just being courteous. That You're honoring them. One day you're going to be older and you're not going to have the strength and you may have some physical problems and you're not going to tell anybody. You don't understand these things. But our culture doesn't do that anymore. Well, I was here first, you know. And the mindset is one of self. God said in Romans chapter 13 and verse 7, Render therefore to all their dues. Now, the word do there means to pay a debt. In other words, pay your debt. And here he talks about financial debt, but also honor debt. Tribute to whom tribute is due. These are taxes. Custom to whom custom. And this is a normal, another form of taxes. Tribute and customs. And then fear to whom fear. Now, what does that mean? It's talking about respect and reverence. It's not talking about cowering. But the word fear often in the New Testament is one of reverence, to show reverence. To show reverence for an office and reverence for your parents. Um, I never called my mom and dad by their first name. I, I'm not better than you because of that. I just, I, I revered them. Um, I, I just, I, I loved them, but I had a reverence for them. I had a respect for them. And then look at this honor to whom honor. The word honor there means 
that which is highly valuable, to esteem them, to value highly, to put a high price on something. You say, well, my, my dad was kind of absent in the home, and my mom made a lot of mistakes, and you didn't? Do you, do you not think that one day you're going to have kids and you're going to reap what you've sown? Even twofold? What if it's fivefold or tenfold? You say, Pastor, are you trying to scare me? Yeah. You need to honor. You need to respect. You need to revere. When you honor your mom and your dad, but we're going to talk about moms today. You magnify the Lord, you encourage them, and you experience personal rewards. And let me give you some practical things here. Number one, honor the teaching of your parents. Honor the teaching of your parents. One of the primary tasks of a parent is to teach your children. There was a song when I grew up. Uh, that went, teach your children well. And we ought to teach our children well. And some of us don't teach intentionally. We ought to teach intentionally. But all of us teach our kids, sometimes in bad ways. In fact, all of us have taught our kids some bad things indirectly, maybe not directly. But do you remember the things your parents taught you? I asked Paula last night uh, before we went to sleep. I said, Paula, tell me, tell me what... Something your mom taught. She said, "My mom taught me how to how to make a bed." She said uh, she she worked in a hospital, and when they make beds at hospitals, they, there's a certain form that's very particular, and you have to fold it right, and it, it's very uh, strict. And she taught me how to do that, and I've always done that, and I, I knew that, but I'd forgotten. And she said when Aubrey was in school, in nursing school, uh, some of her friends that were in nursing there, I guess they were practicing that or something, I don't know. Aubrey was just over there doing it naturally. She said, well, how, how do you do that so easy? She said, well, my mom taught me, Paula. My mom taught me. Aubrey didn't know any better. She was just doing the, 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 the hospital fold, the nursing fold, because her mother taught her something that, her grandmother had taught her that is being passed on. You know, things that your mother taught you probably were passed on from your grandmother and maybe your great-grandmother and so on down the line. I got to thinking about things my mom had taught me. I remember tying my shoe for the first time successfully. I remember I tried that and I would fail and I'd try it and fail. I remember when I got behind the the wheel of the car to drive the first time and my mom and dad were in the front yard and I said oh man I got this I didn't wreck but I can't remember driving that thing I was so happy you you remember these things the Bible says in Ephesians 6 4 this is the most important verse in the Bible on parenting if you have kids not just know this verse but know what it means and you fathers provoke not your children to wrath it's a good verse. It goes for moms too. Don't don't stir up their anger, but bring them up. And that that's a word for process. It, it's not instantaneous. It's it's moment by moment, and that's about growing together. But here's how you bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. These are two aspects of teaching. The word nurture has to do with discipline, and the word admonition has to do with instruction. They're both important. And my mom did both of those things. She nurtured me and she admonished me. She disciplined me and she instructed me. Sometimes maybe this is true of you if you're a Christian especially. But people will ask me a question that goes like this. Maybe especially if they're they're godly parents. They've tried to raise their children right and, and something goes off the rails. And they'll say, well, what happened? What happened? And the idea behind that, and it's a natural idea, is that, well, somehow, and here's the second level, is somehow the parent was at fault. It goes like this. That, 
what happened because surely the child couldn't be at fault. And there's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's a good verse. I believe that verse. I know one pastor, in fact, he's not the only one, but the interpretation, they would teach it this way. I'll emphasize the way it's taught. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. Well, that's an encouraging thing, isn't it? You know, when he's 40, after he's messed up his life, he'll come back. That's not what he's talking about. It says when he's old, he will not, not depart from it. It doesn't say he'll come back to it. They didn't leave from it. Train up a child. That's my job. It's a Hebrew word, which means to give the taste. When a child was born, they would take a date uh, and they would pound that date, and they they would initiate the sucking, and the child put it in the palate. And and that's the idea of the word uh, uh, train, to, to give the taste. You see, training is not telling. Some of you tell your kids, all, you don't train them, it's showing. It's being with them, it's being patient with them, it's, it's telling them more than once. Aren't you glad that you got it the first time? Forgive my sarcasm. It's a, it's a sad gift I have. No, none of us did. And I don't tell them how many times my mom had to tell me again and again and again. So Proverbs 22.6 is the parent's responsibility. My job is to train up my kids. I take and I took it very seriously. Now we have grandkids. We have 10. We have another one on the way. I don't know if you know Ashley's expecting this fall and I take that I take that very seriously we have a lot of fun but I also take kids seriously to invest in them but and listen to my words if I'm going to be quoted will be quoted correctly Proverbs 22 6 is the truth but it's only part of the truth there's another part that's a parent's responsibility but just as often in the Bible there are parents roles and then there are are children's responsibilities. Almost uh, 20 times in the book of Proverbs, it's my son, my son, my son, my son. And the word hearken is used, hearken. The word hearken means to listen with a view to obedience. One time in Proverbs 23, 26, he says, my son, give me your heart. Not give me your obedience, give me your heart. And that's your job. As a child, you have to trust your parents. You have to trust them. And no matter how much training they do, if you don't give them your heart, it's not going to do any good. So, so it's both. Proverbs 22, 6 is true, but it's combined with a willingness to learn. The way you honor your parents is by honoring they're teaching, and I think that continues as you go on in life. Obviously, the relationship changes when you're not under their authority anymore, but you, you still listen to them. They have more wisdom than you. You say, but I'm 25 now. Well, they're 45. And they've been 30, but you haven't been 30. And they've had a 12-year-old, but you never had a 12-year-old. I'm having so many sarcastic thoughts, I'm not going to give them right now. I'm amazed at how many people that, because they get in their 20s or 30s, they think they know things. that I'm just fascinated. You know, you don't know what you don't know until you realize that you don't know it. That's kind of stupid, but it's true. You need to know what you don't know. I don't know. I need to ask somebody. And that start. Your parents love you the most. And they'll tell you the truth. And you may not like it, but they'll help you. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. My son. This is one of the my son passages. Hear the instruction of thy father. You see the word here? That's my job to train 
Son, your job is to hear the instruction of thy Father and forsake not. That's your job too. Young people, college student, married person, forsake not the law of your mother. I, I can live the way I want to now. Well, yes, you can. You can. You're going to reap what you sow. Hear the instruction. The father gives the instruction and the mother gives the laws. You say, what does that mean? Well, the instruction is has the idea of, of the broad direction. Okay, now y'all clean the house. When I get home, I want the house to be clean and look nice. The law are the details. Mom implements the details. So the father comes and he gives the general direction and the mother gives the details. The child's job is to hear and to forsake not. And even when I was old, it was my task to listen to my parents. Even though I'm married and have kids, I have my own home. I'm not responsible to obey what they tell me. I'm still to honor them and I'm to listen to their advice. And I need to be careful about forsaking some things that they put down in my life. Are you giving honor to what your parents have taught you? Or you just cast it off? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 5, A fool despiseth his father's instruction. The Bible says when you reject your parents' teaching, you become a fool. Now, this is the Word of God. This is not Rick talking. When you just reject the teaching of your mom, I'm glad to be out of the house. You become a fool. I love you so much. My heart bleeds now. The word despiseth there means to have contempt for It means to hate, contemptuous, to thumb your nose, to slam the door on the way out. When children are attentive to their parents and their teaching, it brings them joy. Now, I know parents can be heavy-handed. I've probably been heavy-handed with my kids. I don't want to be that way. I know when they're adults, my role changes and more of a coach and, and side by side. It's not top down. I'm not saying that. But when they're in a home, there's some teaching, there's some instruction. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22, look at this. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. When she's old, buy the truth, sell it not. That means when you get old. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. He that begetteth a wise child, not a fool, but a wise child, shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. I remember my mom came in one day and I, she bought me my first suit. There used to be a little place called Bud's Menswear. Those of you who grew up in Huntsville, you remember that. And um, it was a Sunday afternoon. I'd worn it at church. I was so proud of it. She said, Rick Allen, I want you to come here. Oh, man, when they use your middle name, you know, it's, it's not good. There's going to be some instruction coming, some admonishment. Went back in my room. She said, what is this? And I knew what was going on. My coat and my pants, they were just in a big pile. She said, I paid for that. Don't do that to those clothes. When you take them off, you hang them up. I paid a lot of money for that. She said, yes, ma'am. And I never did it again. Now, when I say that, I'm not exalting myself. That's not the purpose of me telling you that story. I did a lot of other things bad. My purpose is she taught me. She took the time to say, don't do that. My mother taught me the value of being loyal to my friends, especially when they're hurting. She taught me to go to the funeral 
go to the funeral. She went to scores of funerals, hundreds of funerals. My mom taught me to go before the funeral, go to celebrations. She taught me that by her words and by her example. I took her, after she got sick and she couldn't drive, I took her to so many things. She taught me the value of new experiences. Paula told me last night, she said, your mom taught me so many things. And this is one of the things she mentioned. We went up to the Northeast one time and she said, I want to go, I want to go to Stowe, Vermont, S-T-O-W-E. Some of you have been there. It's a skiing resort. We went in the summer. She said, I want to go to the Von Trapp Inn. And you already know what that is. It's, it's the people that the sound of music is about. Uh, the children, they moved to America and they built a resort there. And the parents are buried, buried there, Marie Von Trapp and her husband. And the kids, I think there's only one left now, I believe, that are still living. But this was back in the 80s and, and they were still living. They worked the desk and everything. And we spent the night there. It was so much fun. And, they, of course, they show it every night there. Man, what fun. We did a lot of other things. I don't have time to tell you on that trip. But what, what a little bucket list thing. She was so good. Some of you traveled with her. You know what I'm talking about. When I was in the eighth grade, my mom, she said, come here. I want, you to, I want to talk to you. And for some reason, she took me in my sister's room, and she sat me down. She said, she was very kind, and she said, I want you to understand what, what's going on in your life. She said, Rick, these are the best years of your life, and you will never live them again. And I want you to enjoy these days. And she just talked to me for 20 minutes about time and about enjoying my life. And if there's a theme that you have heard me live over and over again, Psalm 90, 12, teach me to number my days and I may apply my heart unto wisdom. I learned that from my mom. And if you ever watched her, you knew her well. She, she just loved things, small things. I, I learned that from her. The Lord taught me some things too, but she, he taught me that through her. Oh, it's not too late. Maybe she's gone. Maybe if your mom's still living, you need to repent and seek forgiveness and say, Mom, you try to teach me these things. And, or I, I did do that, but I failed. I'm so sorry. And begin to value their teaching. Number two, not only honor their teaching, honor their presence. Honor the presence of your mother. So what does that mean? Well, I hinted at it earlier. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 32 in the old English, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. What does that mean? The hoary head means the white head or the gray head. It means an old person. Their hair is turned gray. And honor the face of the old man. Honor the face of the old man. It says a lot about a culture. In fact, you look at the way a culture treats their senior adults. And I'm not, listen, I've been teaching this since I was a youth pastor. This is not new to me. I'm not saying this because I am one now. And Paula knows this is the truth. My wife told me this. I said, how did, how did I get you? I was such a nerd. I was so quiet. How, how did I get you? She said, because. And if you ask her, this is what she'll tell you. Well, she did talk about the looks and the muscles and things. But secondly, actually primary and only, she said, because you talked about honoring your parents. I was 19 years old. And she said, I'd never heard anybody talk about that. And she talked about it a lot. And she said, I, I sat there and I thought, well, this is important. And my parents came up a month after I'd been at that church and, and came to church and so forth. And, and God help me. I'm, I'm not trying to just say halo. I'm not. I've been teaching this stuff for, for a long time. This is not to get me an advantage. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 31. The hoary head, the gray head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. 
we see old age as a liability. You know, well, let's, let's kill them off. You know, the good thing is youth. And it is. I thank God for, you know, I still feel like a 12-year-old. If you don't believe it, just hang around with me a little bit. I, I'm silly. I'm goofy. And then me and Eric would be in jail if we were friends. I'm telling you. It, it'd, be, it'd be, I tell him, it's one we didn't grow up together. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 29. The glory of young men is their strength, but the beauty of old men is their gray head. So I have a suggestion for you. Show respect to authority by recognizing it and being deferential. Just show deference. You may not agree to it, but show deference. Um, Here's what deference is. It is respectful submission. Yielding to the judgment or to the opinion of another. To be respectful and courteous. You know, every Wednesday night we have a class. uh, Charles and Amy come in. Usually ahead of everybody. But almost every week, I would say every week, but not quite every week. I always talk to them. I try to sit down and just have a conversation with them. I have such respect for them. These people walk with God. All these years, when Calvin Duell and Merlin McCree walk in this church, I always talk to them. Now, I may not talk to you. It's not because I don't want to spend time with you. But I have such respect for them. These men have walked with God. I got to church this morning. I got out of my car, and and I I just paused, and I looked. And and I watched Becky Adams get out of her car and walk, walk to class. And She's been having back trouble. And and Brother Gary's been in heaven for these years. And here she is at church. She's got to sit through a long sermon and through Sunday school. And just kind of trying to wobble over there. I said, God bless that woman. We need to give deference to these people. Now I love I love the kids and the young couples. Don't misunderstand. I do. And my heart is with you. I, I probably get along with you better because I'm silly. But listen, we need to get, please do, you need to get to know these older people. Spend time with them. In Job 32, 4, Elihu had waited until Job had spoken because they were elder than he. Don't talk over them. Say, well, that, that's just, that's old. Well, it's Right. You're never going to learn anything until you just be quiet. When you talk, you don't learn anything. Job 32, 6 and 7. And Elihu, the son of Barakel, the Buzite, answered and said, I am young and you're very old. Wherefore, I was afraid and durst not show you my opinion. Days should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. And I, if I'm around experience and age, I ask questions and I be quiet. I'm serious. You can ask my wife. I I love to learn. But you're not going to learn by talking. And you're not going to learn by asking people in general, in general, that are younger than you. It's not that I don't appreciate youth. But I'm talking about maturity. Solomon the king was on the throne in 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 19. Bathsheba therefore went unto Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah's brother. And Solomon rose up to meet her. The king, he's sitting on the throne, elevated. He rose up to meet her and he bowed himself unto his mother. And he sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for on the king's mother on his right hand, the place of honor. Come sit by me, mom, on the right hand, the place of honor. Wow. I've hinted at this. It says a lot about a culture when we don't have reverence for older people. But listen, let's please listen to me. This is my heart. It means our culture is under judgment. Are you listening? Our culture is under judgment. Isaiah chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. This is what he said to a nation under judgment. 
I will give children to be their princes. Babes shall rule over them. He's talking about young people. The people shall be oppressed, everyone by another, everyone by his neighbor. The child, he's not talking about baby kids, but he's talking about young, younger folks, shall behave himself proudly against the ancient. Oh, go on, old man. I, you, don't, you don't know anything. Get off my back. And the base against the honorable. Youth has strength, but they have limitations. And one limitation is the matter of wisdom and experience. Now, look. You can have wisdom as a young person, but you're going to get it from experience and you're going to get it from listening to other people. Honor the presence of your mom. Acknowledge her. Speak to her. Talk to her. Because one day you're going to wish that you did. When you're young, your mama made sure that that you had food. Make sure she gets fed. Don't you plop down there and start eating. Make sure that she gets fed. When you were young, she paid for your meal. You pay for her meals. I took my mom out to eat, and she'd always say, Rick, thank you. Thank you. I said, Mom, you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on me. This is nothing. This is nothing. My mom died. It was unexpected, and... We went back in the room where her body was resting, and I was on her left side, and, and Melanie and Haas were on the right side. And I don't know why this thought came to my mind, but it did. And I, I just said it to myself, but I'll never. I said, you know, a, a lot of history has gone. I'll never be able to ask her another question about the city, about her life. It's gone. Someone said this. When an old man dies, a library burns to the ground. When your mama dies, your daddy dies, a library burns to the ground. Some of you are so busy. You never ask them about their salvation. You never ask them questions. You you need to ask. One day you're going to wish you did. I have so much here. I'm not going to be able to finish this. Let me give you one more. Could I give you one more? Maybe I'll finish this at another time. Honor the convictions of your parents. The convictions of your parents. Especially if your parents were mature Christians and thoughtful and mature. They didn't come to their convictions and beliefs half-baked. I remember uh, my oldest boy, Jeremiah, he was talking to one of his friends one time, and I overheard him. He was with us, and he said, well, ask my dad. And here's what he said. He said, my daddy has a reason for everything he does. And it struck me. I never thought about that. I thought, one, I was thankful that he said it. But I thought, well, I don't know that I have a reason for everything. But I thought, you know, I do. I'm, I'm a man of purpose. I'm very intentional. And I appreciate him saying that. At least something stuck there. Honor, the, honor their convictions. It's foolish to throw aside convictions Because you do not like them. I've noticed an acceleration in the past, I don't know, 30 years maybe, of indifference toward biblical convictions of the previous generation. Just just utterly. Uh, I was in in a worship service a while back. I was at a youth camp. And I don't think the guy, he's a good guy. He didn't mean anything by it. I don't think he meant harm by it, but I think it did some harm. And so, you know, he was leading some, some of the new songs, which I like some of the new songs. Some, some new songs are good, they're written, and I like them. But he said, let's go old school. Here's what he said, let's go old school. 
And he led the kids and singing, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And I sang it, but I couldn't help thinking. I trust not to judge him, but I'm kind of a philosopher. And I thought, hmm. Now they're singing, but I wonder how many of these kids are getting. That's an old fogey song about the blood of Jesus. Old school. That doesn't apply to us. I thought, you know, you probably shouldn't have used that. That gives them an impression that you really can't enjoy this. It's not blessing. What a great, I think Isaac Watts wrote it. Wow. Wow. We just classify things. Honor their convictions. Proverbs 22, 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Back then they would go and they didn't have technical things to measure their property. So they would take rocks and they would go and they would uh, set them out. And what thieves would do under cover of darkness, they would come in and they would move them increment by increment, six inches. And over time, over time, those landmarks would come in and their neighbors would steal their land. We said, that's wrong. But the principle here, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set, is your mom and your dad have set landmarks for you. Please listen. And you begin to move those landmarks inch by inch, inch by inch. And one day you're, listen, one day you're going to hand your kids something your parents didn't have. And because you have moved, they're going to move, and you're going to wake up, and your great-grandkids are going to have something that is unrecognizable to you. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about core values. My parents never talked much about convictions. I don't think they ever used the word, ever. They never talked about standards. I just, Melanie and Hossa, we just caught behaviorally watching the way they live. About church attendance, tithing, reading the Bible. About music, the way we talked and didn't talk about people. They never talked about our pastor, ever. Ever. I'm not protecting me. I'm, I'm not, I promise I'm not. I just... They never talked about our preacher ever. I thought I thought our preacher never did wrong. They just had a conviction about it. They had a conviction about ministry, about loyalty to their friends. There was no alcohol in our home, none. I've never touched it. I thank God for my parents. You know, the new generation now, they keep moving this in and they think, well, I'm just, it's just, it's in moderation, it's social drinking. Well, are your kids going to do that? There was no cursing, there was no smoking. And they never talked to us about it, they, they just lived that way. And they, I just wanted to honor my mom and my dad. There was a little place on Governor's Drive across from Blue Plate. It's not there anymore. It's been torn down. But some of you old Huntsvillians, let me ask, you remember the garden? How many of you remember the garden? One, two, that's it. And they sold vegetables and stuff. It was on the way to church. And every Sunday night, my mom and dad would pull in there and it was a treat and we could buy a little bit of candy. And... They allowed us to do that. And anyhow, Dad's shop was next door, so he'd go down there, and we, he knew the people, and get a soft drink or something. So they had like a convenience store type thing before they were involved. So I was down there picking out my candy, and I saw, I saw these things that I always wanted, and I, I guess I was about 10 at the time. I can't remember. And I'll ask this question. It was a box, and what they were, they were candy cigarettes. I don't even know if they make them anymore. They probably don't. And they were they were white, and at the end they had a little coloring of, of red on them. But they were 
They were candy. You'd eat them. How many of you remember those? Anybody? Golly, y'all remember them. Okay. All right. So I pulled those things out. I, I kind of knew I shouldn't, but I thought, well, I, I'll, I'll go get them. I, I'll just slip them up there. And Daddy, I knew they weren't going to get them. And I, I put them up there, kind of looked up there. And, and I wasn't going to go around you know, like, like that. I was just going to eat them. I didn't know what I was going to do with them. So <clears throat> up there, my dad said, son, go put those back. I said, yes, sir. And I put them back. Then we got in the car. <laughs> he said, now, <clears throat> I don't want you to ever get those again. I said, yes, sir. And he didn't end. He said, that's not good. And then he talked to me about why it wasn't good. And I didn't do it again, not because I was a good boy, because my dad was a good dad. I never wanted to disappoint my dad. I did sometimes. No, I, I don't want to come across wrong. What, what a good father. What a good, what a good dad. What a good mom. Let's, let's honor our moms. Honor thy father and thy mother. There's so many, so many, many things I, I got to cover here. I, if you go down through a park on Jordan Lane and you look up there on the backstop of the girls' softball field, it'll say, have my buddy's name. I'm glad they did it, but they did it too late. They just did it too late but it's not too late for you I hope you will honor your mom hug her, kiss her I'm telling you life goes by fast I turned 65 today and I got up this morning and I was thinking about it I forgot about it until Paula came in and happy birthday, I said I forgot about it and I got to thinking about Psalm 9210 Teach me to number my days and may apply my heart unto wisdom. And uh, I have outlived three of the four of my grandparents. Man, God's been kind to me. And I want to use my days to bless my kids, my grandkids, and to bless you. But I learned so much from my mom and my daddy. Would you bow your heads with me, would you?